what the fuck that is. Hello, horror hounds. Welcome to another episode of Sheebie brought to you by Eternally Bored Productions. And don't be surprised, that was not Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. That was Tall Chris, who is joining me, your hostess with the mostest, again, Sam Carlson, for a quick little uh, movie review, which we haven't done in a while. Because, you know, we haven't been to the theater in a while. Yeah, Stranger Things have been happening. Also, it's just, I don't fucking have time. No, exactly. And also, it really isn't horror movie season. The only horror right now is the Texas fucking summer heat. Do you want to explain? Do you want to explain what happened to your battery? So, essentially, uh, I think the Texas summer heat kind of killed my battery because it kind of swelled a little bit, and so I couldn't hold any charge anymore, so I couldn't start the car. So I buy a new battery, fix it on my lunch break, and the fucking heat bullshit stuff, bring it back to Walmart, and Walmart's like, oh, yeah, this is going to hold a charge. I'm not going to refund you shit for it. Well, it's still under warranty, so they're going to do what they can to make sure they don't have to give you money. Exactly. I'm sorry, guys. Also, I'm sick, and it's been it's hot. Our AC is out as well at home. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice, cool 90 degrees in my apartment right now. Yeah, basically, and this fucking heat's killing me. This like, dude, we're doing scary st- stories to tell in the dark. There's nothing scarier than the Texas heat. There really isn't. And Chris is getting a call. It's so rude. It's probably from Walmart saying, "Hey, your battery's charged." Actually, actually, I think that is Walmart's number. I'm sad that I know that. Yeah. So. We got out of this just like maybe two hours ago, so hopefully it's still fresh in our minds. And I was really looking forward to this because I grew up with the Scary Stories books as a kid, and, you know, that was part of my introduction to horror as well. And you did as well, right? No, exactly. Um, even though I was kind of like, excuse me, uh, really scared of almost everything as a kid, because... I think I said before in the first podcast uh, I was on with uh, Friday the 13th Part 6, where it was like from the ages of like one, like whatever, I guess before six, I could watch scary movies that my aunt was watching to be perfectly fine. Then at the age of six, I was like, oh, imagination. Fuck. I know everything exists now uh, until like 15. I scared everything, even like Are You Afraid of the Dark and Scary Stories of Tell the Dark. I would still be scared by these, but I would still obsessively read these things all the damn time. Yeah, it's family-friendly horror. It is, especially the art. Isn't that so family-friendly, the art? Oh, Lord. I just remembered I just remembered what, the, what the, the illustrations in those books looked like. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why it's so controversial for the stories. The stories really weren't that bad at all, or, like, really scary or graphic. No. It was just the art itself was like... Imagination! Yeah. Oh, God. Don't encourage that. I know, just, just a pen and paper. Some dude summoned hell. To mm-hmm. write for a kid's novel. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's so weird because I love those books, but I blocked out a lot of those stories. Uh, the only ones that I could really remember offhand was uh, the girl with the ribbon around her neck and then her ho- head falls off, which yes. we don't get in this movie. And I'm like, everybody remembers that one. Yes. And then we get the girl with the spiders in her face. And oh, man, that's quick. I don't like I don't like spiders. And I, I really dislike I hate the whole lack of bodily integrity when like things come out of your skin or when your like body rebels against you. So, yeah, that got that got me bad. Yeah, I mean, like, I was kind of squeamish at first for it, because for me, it's more just, like, seeing, like, kind of a body explode. As a, I was ready for, like, some kind of giant pus blood thing explode. It's like, oh, no, it's PG-13. We wasted all our PG-13-ness on swear words in this movie. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not upset with that, because... Oh, no, not at know. all. It was great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's still pretty creepy. I mean, there's oh, yeah. CG spiders and, you know, but... Uh, 
I guess we should start from the top. Yes, start they, from the top. Yeah, they cover a handful of stories in here. They so. do, they do. They, they, there's, there's um, let's see, there's uh, one, two. It's basically there's a story for everybody uh, who was in that room. So it's about like five stories. It kind of chose from um, the three collections. But they kind of reference other ones as well. Like they reference uh, the dog one, and they reference like a couple other ones here and there. Yeah, more like those are kind of like almost like mini Easter eggs if you're uh, a real if you're better read than us and have read these books recently. Yes. Yeah, but uh, we start off with uh, Halloween, and we've got like oh, hold on. Halloween, nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, and there's this part in the beginning that I couldn't like stop thinking about, which was the part with Richard Nixon. Oh no, yeah, and it, yeah. he wasn't it, not on the TV, but there was no. they were passing by something and. There was like Nixon, and then it was like there was a swastika spray painted over the X. But it's like all of them, like like somebody took the time to meticulously put the swastika on every X, and this is like a, a window full of Nixon advertisements. I'm like, who has that time back? I mean, everybody has the time back then, but like we didn't have the internet. Everybody had time. We didn't have fucking smartphones. Exactly. Also, back then, not everybody was a Nazi. Well, I mean, since Hitler, like both sides. There are people, good people on both sides. No, both sides have accused, you know, some member of an of the other political party of being a Nazi or being Hitler. So it's true, but that kind of got around more. I don't know, like the last twenty years, I want to say at least. But back or then, last three, especially the last three. But anyway, um, this 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 time period. Uh, I, I also like that it's set in the '60s because it, it you need to set kind of horror movies based on kids in the '60s because what doesn't exist back then. Cell phones. No, we just replaced them with walkie-talkies. Exactly. But hey, that's, that's the way communication, as opposed to like, let me Google search that uh, Mitai Do. What the fuck's he saying again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mitai Doti. And I, yeah, I Googled that, and all I can find is that it's an American folktale, and then they talk about it being in scary stories to tell in the dark, and I'm just like, but why? Exactly. And Doti means uh, brave, but I still don't understand what that means. Yes. Mitai Doti Walker is probably one of the better parts of this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a great creature effect for that one. I feel uh, like they probably used a contortionist for that because it no, didn't they did. look... They yeah, did. it looked like all practical effects and looked like somebody just being weird. Yeah, like, mo- like what they could get away with practical effects, they did do practical effects, which is why I, I like this movie a little better. Um, but anyway, we're losing track. Story. Uh, starts off 1968, Halloween. Uh, our three main protagonists are getting their costumes together. Uh, there is the uh, female love interest. Stella. Stella. Stella! Uh, who's going to be a witch. Uh, there is our uh, funny boy. Uh, Chuck? Chuck. Oh, uh, he's Spider-Man. Exactly. But, like, his mom doesn't... He, like, his mom got it confused and was thought it was, like, man-spider. That's what it looks like. Yeah, so he's, like, this weird kind of purpley flashy kind of guy. But he only has, like, an extra pair of arms. So he only has, like, six limbs. Yeah, so he's more like a tick. Like a glittery tick. Well, no, tick is still eight, arachnid is eight arms. Really? Yes. What am I thinking of? Uh, what has six arms? Ants have six arms? Ants have six arms. Beetles have six arms. Arachnids are what have eight arms. Wait, wait, wait. Ticks are arachnids? Oh, yeah, yes, ticks I are I learned something new, guys. The more I'm embarrassed. You know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we get that graphic on here? <laughs> Ding! Yes, a graphic on a podcast. Oh, sounds good. Yes, perfect for me. <laughs> it's perfect for uh, audio media. Yes. 
But anyway, so, uh, and then our third friend, uh, the fucking hipster uh, asshole. I think he's a young Republican. He looks like Dan Quayle with that fucking See, haircut. He looks like a young Republican, but all his stuff points to him being a young Democrat because he loves, like, French stuff. He loves uh, Art Nouveau. Uh, he loves all this stuff that is way bigger than his tiny little town can comprehend. He reminded me a lot of Ferguson from Clarissa Explains It All, though. A little bit, but I think it's more just his haircut kind of stuff. Yeah, and so he's basically dressed as Art the Clown from Terrifier. He's a Perot. He's not a clown, he's a Perot. I know, and that, yeah, that got a legitimate laugh out of me. Yeah. That was pretty great. Yeah, so we've got these three friends, and they're, they go and, like, fuck with some bullies. And then I think the bullies chase him to this old house. Uh, no, 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 no. Is... So you're, you're jumping the gun there. So I know. I, I'm sick. That's fine. I'm going to use that excuse all podcast. Sorry. Yeah, it works. Um, so... They uh, know the bullies who are like the town football players looks like because they're wearing Letterman's. Um, I would love it if it, they lettered in like something stupid like choir. <laughs> choir or choir, spelling bee or something magazine, like that. Choir, magazine, I don't know. Math club, mathletes. I was in math club. That's okay. I was in some stupid shit too. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so At least anyway. I didn't letter in math club. Yeah. I lettered in choir. How could you letter in math club unless it's algebra? Oh, God, I don't know. That's a joke. Because there's numbers in math. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, our bullies are going to, uh, they they know they're going to hassle them for their trick-or-treat candy. So they set up ahead of time where they're going to dump, uh, Chuck takes his shit, puts his shit in a bag, and puts that bag uh, into uh, the, the trick-or-treat bag. Can we talk about the shit, though? Yes. Okay. Because it looks like that bag had a lot of shit in it. Oh, yeah. He's been collecting for like a couple weeks, like a week or so. I Yeah. I was like, how are you hiding that? Are you putting it in a Tupperware to make sure nobody smells it? Because I'm pretty sure your mom doesn't want that bag afterwards. <laughs> no. But then you get you get to see him like fish a turd out of the toilet. And so it's like, it's a solid turd. So yeah. I'm guessing he, it wasn't one of, of these fiber. things. Yeah. It wasn't one of these things where he just like took a bunch of laxatives because that would, that would be super runny. No, no. He had a lot of... Uh... Oh, well, I'm trying to think of the South Park joke, P.F. Chang's. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, uh, and then they go and they, they fuck with these bullies. They like yes. this. So, yeah, like the, the bullies grab the bag. They open it like, oh, my God, there's shit in here. What the hell? And he gets all, they go like, ha, 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 shows you. And like he lights another, another bag, bag full of, shit. of turds. He's been saving these turds all month. He's like, yeah. So he lights another bag of turds on fire, like a paper bag, and throws it into him. The bullies crash into the fence like, oh, look at the, like the bullies 80s spawned up a crash. So, uh, and it turns out, oh, Chuck's older sister was on a date with this asshole. Yeah, and all of his football buddies, I'm guessing football buddies, are yes. in the back seat. And she was like, I thought we were going on a date. And I was like, this is a gangbang. That's, <laughs> that's what's happening. I mean, yeah, also, uh, I was I joked with uh, Sam that the main guy looks like fucking pro Jared, but nobody really knows who that is. I didn't know. I'm like. Pfft. Yeah, YouTube controversy, pro Jared, look it up. Okay, well, we're not going to explain that. No, we're not. No time. Just Google it. Nobody cares. Exactly. It's YouTube. YouTubers don't count. No. They're not real people. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) If they're real people, their videos wouldn't get demonetized. Oh, Oh my God. I'm glad nobody listens to this podcast. Everyone hates me now. (laughs) So... Anyways, Did they crash into the fence of the Bellows house? So the, no, they crash, the, the, so crash into the fence, and then they, like, pull out uh, uh, the car. they got to chase him down. Um, actually, no, they, they, pull, they uh, chase him down on foot. And the guy, the uh, three protagonists run off, uh, and they jump in, uh, over a fence at the dr- local drive-in where they're watching uh, 
Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead, yes. Because uh, they sneak into um, our uh, Hispanic guy we got introduced to earlier. Uh, who's Ramon. kind of like Ramon, kind of like a thrown off scene, like, hey, is this Hispanic guy by his car? And the police ask, hey, you know where you are? He's like, yep, just following the harvest. I'm like, okay, racism, thank you. He's got them Florida plates. This takes place in Pennsylvania. Exactly. And he says, following the harvest. So I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> migrant worker. Yeah. Okay. And they just kind of like let him go on his way. Exactly. Like, all right, fine. But he's actually dro- dodging the draft. Yes, we found that out way later. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. No. So anyway, they get in, they, you know, all hop in Ramon's car and then the bullies find them because you're stationary and there's a drive-in. They're going to go through all the cars. Yes. Maybe you guys should have thought that through a little bit, but hey, we got to set up a framing device, which I feel the framing device is almost a little long. It is. There is a lot of setup before the scary stories really start. Yeah. Uh, It's a good like 20 minutes, 30 minutes almost. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to get right into that, you know, all those weird monsters. Come on. So, um, the bullies hassle them. Uh, the the patrons are, are outside like, hey, assholes, move out of the way. I can't see. So, the bullies leave. They're like, okay, now we can, you know, now we can properly get out of here. Come on, Ramon. Let's go see a real haunted house. And so, they go to the, was it Bellows? Yeah, the Bellows house. Bellows house. And then we get this long, drawn-out story of Sarah Bellows, which I'm just like, oh, my God. So Sarah Bellows was apparently like uh, being like. Also, is, is Sarah Bellows like a pun on like cerebellum, like brain? I don't know, guys. What do you think? Leave it in the comments. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I was really hoping that there would be some sort of explanation for why Stella's mother left. Like maybe she got killed by a scary story <laughs> or like she was related to Sarah Bellows. We don't get anything like that. No, no, no. Also, I just, no, I just realized uh, she was very much the Barb character of this fucking movie. Like her mom leaving and everything like that. Yeah. There's her- no justice for Stella's mom. No. You get to see a picture of her at the very end of the movie and that's it. Oh, no, wait. That was a picture of Chuck and, and Augie. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was like her family. It's so weird. It's her real family. Yeah, kind of. So yeah, the the whole story about Sarah Bellows is that her family owned the paper mill in the town and helped found it. So they had like all the money back in the 1800s. And then Sarah found out that they were like leaking mercury into the water. Which I don't know how mercury factors into paper milling, but whatever, I don't know paper milling. Maybe they were having the, I don't know. Were fish helping? I'm not sure. Uh, fish cannon? Paper mill? Yeah, but, uh, Nothing? But no, the thing is, the uh, fish uh, have mercury poisoning due to people trying to use mercury to uh, attract gold. That's where the mercury poisoning comes from in fish. Okay. Fair enough. So try to get gold out of a letter. I learn something new every time I do a podcast with Chris. <laughs> I really do. Ticks are arachnids, gold mercury stuff, all this. Exactly. So, yeah, the bellows lock Sarah up and this dark room and because she's also because she's albino i think she do you think it was because she was an albino or she got albinism because she was never in the sun like she was only kept in the dark who knows Because i think she was also blind no no she could see she looked blind yeah. those eyes looked like all cataract over yeah, maybe i don't know maybe it's part of her ghostly feature whatever they showed her later on could have been and then they you know uh her brother uh put her in the sanitarium 
And they did electroshock. They did all this shit. Uh, I think they cut out part of her brain at some point. Yeah, that's all medical records. Later stuff when we figured out cerebellum stuff. But anyway, so the store. The that's sca- that's when we get to violating HIPAA right there. Exactly. Uh, but HIPAA didn't exist back then. Because fuck HIPAA. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they're in the basement. Um, I can't forget her name. Seth? No. This Stella. Stella. Oh, Seth is a boy's name. I know. I don't know why I kept saying Seth. Uh, Stella uh, steals one of the books. Like, oh, yay, because I'm a writer, too. Uh, I'm going to steal this book. It's her, it's her scary stories that she told the kids, because the stories of the town are like, she told scary stories to kids, and the kids would die later on. And so, like, she steals the book, she goes home, and realizes, oh, this is weird. Okay, I read the stories. There's, like, half the book missing. And then suddenly the, the book starts writing itself. It's the never-ending scary stories of... It's Wes Craven's new nightmare for kids. Yeah. That's basically what's happening. They're not reading the book. The book is reading them. Yes. In Soviet Russia, book reads you. They even use that fucking line. I had to. Yes. The book's not reading... We're not reading the book. The book's reading us. I didn't get a fucking laugh in the theater at all. Everybody was kind of quiet. Yeah, they're kind of getting absorbed in the movie a little bit. Yeah, I think that's why, you're, you know, like, people go to the theaters to get absorbed in the movie and not hear my commentary. <laughs> but it's good commentary, though. I know that. I'm hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and uh, apparently Sarah Bellows, like, hanged herself, but... Yep, hanged herself by her hair or whatever. That's she what had some Rapunzel hair. You yep. could do it. So, they, uh, the bully shows up to the um, house with the sister... And so he's like, let him out. He's like, okay, fine. I'll open the door. Opens the door. Shoves her in there. Uh, and then locks her behind him. Like, he's like, good luck getting out, assholes. Yeah, and then they eventually get out. Because the ghost lets him out. Like, hey, lock. Yeah, it's like, here, I'll help you out. Exactly. And then the, the ghost is just like killing him off one by one. Exactly. I'm going to let you out so I can kill you later. It's like, all right. I know. I'm just Thanks, like. Thanks, ghost. All right. <clears throat> so, so as he's reading the first stories, it appears. Uh, it's for uh, the bully. Because uh, the bully, bully works. Yeah, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tommy works. They have a farm. Yes, works at a farm. Uh, shows up. Mom walks out the door. You fucking asshole! You drunk? Supposed to bring the eggs to the Wolverines. The Wolvertons. <laughs> I thought she said Wolverines too. That'd be funnier. Yeah. But so uh, yes, let's bring let's see, let the drunk guy try and walk over with a e- metal basket full of eggs. That's, that's gonna be... end well. Those are gonna be fine. Yeah. So that's where we get our first story of Harold, the Scarecrow. Yeah, and dude, I was wondering, it's like, okay, because I heard somebody in the Bellows house was, you know, somebody was saying, like, at the very end of the movie, when we go back in time, because yeah. this house can time travel, or something, uh, and then somebody said Harold, and I was wondering, did Tommy's, did Tommy's family kill Harold Bellows, maybe, and then make him the scarecrow? Because this dude looks like, does not look like a scarecrow. That is, that face has too many features on it exactly there's, all, there's always roaches and other things on it like this is clearly this is clearly yeah somebody hung up there yeah but i feel like it couldn't have been like 100 years old it would have you know that you know yeah so uh harold has a lot of life to his cheeks yes he's like you know hasn't lost any of the fat out of his face he still looks pretty young so harold uh comes off the post chases him down the cornfield uh and that cornfield only has one path apparently and it just goes in a circle that's how mazes work when you get you know haunted maybe that's why they have such a bad farm and they can't afford any like help that's not their son who's always coming home drunk is because they only have one fucking footpath through the cornfield and it's a circle yeah well it's they have multiple footpaths anyway that's part of the whole I saw one there was one it is a circle yes but 
Anyway, so um, as Harold chasing down, Harold eventually like stabs uh, Tommy with the pitchfork. And then, so since it's PG-13, you can't show blood. So like Batman animated series, we have way worse deaths than actual deaths. And he's just bleeding straw and then coughing up straw. Oh yeah, he's turning into a, a straw man himself. So he's just bleeding, like he's trying to pull the straw out of his wounds. He's like trying to pull the straw out of his throat, like yeah. as straw like encompasses every orifice in his body. Yeah, and I've been coughing up my lungs since yesterday. So it's like, that's not what I wanted to see. Oh no. No, there, there's some stuff in here that actually kind of turns my stomach, even though it's, you know, it's not gory. It just makes me like cringe and it's like, ugh. No, exactly. Also, I'm thinking, like, I'm imagining the texture of having straw in my throat. Yes. And it drives me crazy. Dude. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I can't pull it out. And then so he goes missing. But there's a new uh, scarecrow wearing his clothes. That's so weird. But does also, he still have Harold's face? He does still have Harold's face. Yeah. So I don't know if he turned into Harold or Harold's like, haha, asshole. I got a new jacket now. <laughs> I know, right? And it's like... Harold's like, I lettered in football. I love how the police are just befuddled by Tommy's disappearance when it's like, dude, there's a scarecrow wearing his clothes. Maybe talk to his parents. Exactly. You sure you guys didn't see anything? Because that seems kind of suspicious. Mm. So from there on, we're pretty much doing the thing. Like, the rest of this is sort of like, okay, we figure out that the book is, you know, killing us off one by one, and then we also have to figure out the ghost story of Sarah Bellows. That way we can defeat the ghost, because that's, you know, that's pretty much what we do in horror movies these I mean, that's days. That's how we Final Destination. Yeah. And we figure out, oh, this, this person's gonna die next. Oh, this person's gonna die next. They're gonna have weird stuff happen to them. Yeah, pretty much. You know, but, you know, it's it's worth sticking around for the, the different monster uh, stories. So yes. it's, the next one we get is for Augie, the uh, young Republican. I, 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 I still say Republican. I he still say like Democrat. Just because he looks Republican doesn't mean he's going to be a Republican. I think that's why he's trying so hard to be his uh, French Nouveau kind of person. I can't wait until hipsters actually start adopting, like, Dan Quayle hair because they have to be Dude. as hipsterish as possible. And then they start misspelling potato. <laughs> Yes. Putting E's on the end of things. Like, they spell tomato with an E at the yes. end now. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of toes. <laughs> ugh. This actually... Ugh. This, this made me gag a little bit. So his... I don't know what the name of his story is, but it's the... Where's it's, my toe? Oh, yeah. Where's my... That's the name of it? That's the name of the story. Okay. Because the story is this little old lady uh, who was digging around a graveyard, found like a big <laughs> giant toe. Uh, and she's like, oh, let's go well in my soup. In the stew. Why? Why? Also, there is an eyeball in the stew. Yes. Nobody talks about the eyeball. eyeball I don't know what else is in there. Also, how did the eyeball survive being in the stew? I feel like it would be like a cranberry, and if you, you know, you keep it cooked long enough, it just, like, pops. I mean, that's how we get cranberry sauce. Exactly. So, I mean, like, that scene where it's, like, he's eating the toe, and, I mean, this guy has already got some, some issues with, like, germs and putting, like, unhealthy food in your body. Oh, yeah, because they said so early on. Like, and he puts the toe in his mouth, and it's like he's starting to eat it, and then he takes it out and sees it's a toe, and he goes, eh, 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 eh. It, it was gross. Oh, yeah. And spills the soup everywhere. And that, that stew looked like vomit anyway. It's kind of oh, yeah. why I don't eat stew. And also, like, well, he's, uh, before this, he's on the phone with his mom, who's out of town with uh, her, his new stepdad, who refuses to call dead. So, um... He's like, oh, there's stew here. And she's like, I didn't make it. And he's like, I'm somebody gonna, did. Somebody did. I'm going to eat it anyway. There are three people in that house. Somebody made the stew. Exactly. Ask around. 
It was so nasty. Yeah, so uh, the the corpse shows up. Um, I think they went with these monsters because they looked the coolest from the illustrations is why they went with these monsters. Yeah, so this fucking corpse is showing up looking for its toe. Oh, yeah. And I'm guessing it probably wants its eye back. And so Augie goes and hides under his bed. And, you know, then all of a sudden... Wait, like, also, who did you say the corpse looked like? Oh, fuck, I don't remember. Jesse Camp. That's right, Jesse or Camp. Or Steven Tyler. <laughs> Could be both. Has anybody seen Jesse Camp lately? Maybe that's what he's doing? After the first year of being a, the VJ? And so, uh, also, like, slide tangent, because we always do these. Uh, Jesse Camp kind of proved you can't trust the public to vote on things. As a straight democracy. Ooh, we're getting into political talk. <laughs> well, I mean, that's true. Yeah. But yeah. I mean... Jesse Camp. Who's the other, the runner-up? Dave Holmes? Uh, Dave Holmes, the guy who should have been the fucking VGA. Yeah. Guess what? Guess who has a career right now and who's still relevant? Not Jesse Camp. Exactly. So, yeah, anyway, uh, this corpse pulls Augie, who's already under the bed, like, into the wall, I guess. Well, he, he went in because he's under the bed, so he went to where the little monsters live. So he pulled him oh, down. Oh, you're right. He, he yeah, pulled him down to Howard Mandel's house. Yeah. So apparently this corpse is, you know, friends with Maurice. Yes. You know, could be. Makes sense. And, you know, then, like, fucking Stella and Ramon, you know, see the, the fingernail marks in the in the wood floor and be like, oh, you got Augie. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not Augie. Yeah. yeah. And then we go over to uh, Ruth. Yes. Who is the Spider Girl? Yes. And oh my God. The red spot. Yeah, the red spot, and it is so uncomfortable because she's in this musical at school, and she's bye bye Birdie. Yeah, bye bye spiders. Also, so on to that. So at this point in the movie, we've already established that. Um, almost I said Sabrina. Now. It starts with S. Stella. Uh, Why is that so hard for you to remember? I don't know. Uh, so Stella has the hots for uh, Ramon. Ramon. Ramon has the hots for her. And so most of the time, me and Sam are like, How old is how he? How old are they? I know. And then so like with that, because uh, the, the oldest sister is in the play, which means she's a senior, which means they're probably either juniors or sophomores. So 16, which, 17. Which puts them 16 years old. I'd say about 16, 16 years old. 16 makes more sense, though. And then Ramon, as later as draft dodger, puts him at 18, because he first got the papers then. It's like, okay. That's okay for the relationship. Before, it's kind of like, this is creepy as fuck. To be fair, they both look about the same age, so, so I don't care. <laughs> you know, not mm-hmm. a big deal. But, yeah, so Ruth is primping for this musical. Yes. And she's had this quote-unquote pimple, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And she goes in the bathroom, and she starts to squeeze it. This is, like, the worst episode of Dr. Pimple Popper ever. Like, it's... It just keeps swelling and getting bigger and bigger. Like by the second. Yeah. Like every scene that they cut away and like, like go back to her. Like it is a golf ball on her fucking face. And I've seen this done in another horror movie. I think it was Urban Legend 3 mm-hmm. or 2. Probably 3. Where they did the, the whole thing about spiders coming out of your face or whatever it was. Because they probably stole from this book anyway. Yeah. And that also had CG spiders or bugs or whatever. No. So it didn't matter. No. But it was, it was like... Ugh. And they actually end up saving Stella, and they knock all the spiders out of her, but, you know, her face has exploded. Oh, yeah, and like she's her... got all these spider bites on her. Yes, yeah, her face exploded, all these big-ass spider bites on her, but they save her because she's trying to, like, get all the spiders off her, and then Ramon's trying to hit her with the, the jacket to get the spiders off her. The brother's like, I know, gets a bucket of, like, mop water and dumps on her. There's definitely no bleach in that, but the bleach will kill the spiders. Exactly. And when we say spiders, there's a fucking million goddamn spiders in this bathroom everywhere. Yeah. 
Definitely, definitely a little arachnophobia. It's like fucking hammer space of fucking spiders in there. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, and then uh, because she had spiders explode out of her face, she gets committed. Because I mean, I would do that too. You oh, know, yeah. she's gonna like she like she's already got all these spider bites on her. You know, she's gonna be picking at those. She's gonna look like a meth addict. Like, give it like one year, everybody's gonna be like spiders, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, them crystal spiders. Crystal spiders. Yeah. <laughs> And then after that, because it's like, uh, so Rufus, Chuck's sister, and then we go over to Chuck. And they're trying to find Sarah Bellows's uh, medical records at the yeah, hospital. Yeah, so because so, they realize, oh, she went to the um, uh, local insane asylum area. So they're like, let's take a bus down there. And Chuck, uh, when they get there, talks about like he, the last couple of nights he's had a dream about the Red Room. And, and I was this- like, what is the Red Room? Red Rum. But anyway. Uh, I was thinking it was the haunting of Hill House, and I was I almost got really upset. <laughs> I was like, no. I mean, no, motherfucker. This, you already have a time traveling house. I was going to say this time this house already time travels anyway. Yeah, fuck but, that. The Red Room? No. So, um, turns out um, the Red is the recordings and records. Erectile dysfunction. The records and erectile dysfunction. Yes, exactly. That's where they store all this stuff. That's where they were. That's where they put all the recordings of erectile dysfunction. Every yes. time they couldn't get it up. So, um, Chuck's like, I ain't going to the fucking red room. Fuck that noise. I'm going to hide around here. Uh, and so he's like, uh, I'm gonna, instead of being going down to the basement, sub-level two with the red room, I'm going to go to the fucking roof. Farthest way from that as possible. Not a bad idea. No, not a bad idea. But of course, this being a horror movie, he can't escape it. So he's in the hallway, and the ha- and the the emergency lights turn on, and the hallway's red. So he's stuck in the red hallway. Yes. And we get the the next story, which is the dream. The dream, exactly, uh, where um, the dream in the original book was about uh, this woman who uh, had a traumatic dream about like you know getting murdered at this house, uh, but she's about to go on vacation. vacation. Uh, she thought it was gonna be at her first hotel. So she gets to the first hotel, uh, and it's like, oh no, I'm gonna go to this next hotel because this place is the one I had in my dream. She goes to the next hotel, like, oh no, this is a legit hotel. Holy shit, now I'm dead. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and we get probably what I think it, for me, this was the best monster of the movie. Oh yeah. And it's just, dude, it looks like me when I've eaten too much bread. <laughs> It's just this gal with, like, really stringy, greasy hair, and she has, like, a big, wide smile, like she just got done eating bread, and, like, and she's super bloated. cold black I'm eyes. like, that's me. Yeah. I'm bitches. <laughs> so, and then she basically just, uh, like, gives Chuck him. a big hug and absorbs him. And honestly, like, I like uh, Del Toro co-wrote and produced this uh, movie. He didn't direct it, uh, but you can see where his influence is with these very cool like uh, Pan's Labyrinth Hellboy special effects are. Yes. Ah, I think I like that. I might like that the best. Although, man, Mitai Doti might be... We're gonna have to talk about that. Oh yeah, that's kind of the next one. So yeah, after uh, Chuck gets absorbed by Scary at any size, um, we uh, also have to uh, then, it's kind of like, now it's just down to uh, Samantha and... Stella! Stella, Holy yes. Shit, I know you're looking at me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I said it. Uh, Stella and um, Ramon. Uh, so they are arrested at this point because it's like, hey, people keep dying around you. What the fuck's going on? Uh, so they're at the police station. Stella is talking to the police chief. Uh, he, this is where we get the reveal that Ramon is a draft dodger. He's like, I know who you were. I looked you up. Um, so, oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm doing other things at the same time right now. 
other more just opening things. beer. Yes. It's not important. It is important. So, um, blah, blah, blah. They get put in jail together because Stella's like, I don't want to go back home. I want to stay here with my new boyfriend, Ramon. And he's like, whatever, love birds. Fuck it. Locks him up. And he's like, I'm going to stay here. Everybody else go home tonight. Uh, we'll be fine. Go home. Watch uh, Nixon win. Uh, give me my 10 bucks tomorrow. That's another thing. This so it's basically like for it's basically just telegraphing Trump winning next year, too. So. And that's the thing about this movie. They, they always bring up Nixon like all the fucking time. Because they're, they're trying to make it relatable to today's kids. And what are we inundated with? That Trump is Hitler. He's a Nazi. Yeah. Got to set it up somehow. That's and, why they have walkie talkies because they ain't got no cell phones. And Nixon legit stole the election. So I guess it's like, let's keep going with uh, Trump's election, too. Yeah, sure. Why not? But anyway, so uh, back to the movie monsters. <laughs> so um, <coughs> Ramon realizes, oh, the scary story that I had as a kid uh, that scared me was the Mitai Doti Waka. Um, and so that's where we first kind of realized, oh, suddenly there's a fireplace in, in the this police, police station. station. Yes. I was like, you pointed that out. And I was like, what? Like, why is there a fire place in the police station? It's so weird. Like, okay, Pennsylvania, All you right. keep being I weird. I know it's cold, but damn. Anyway, so the head of this monster falls down the fucking uh, chimney. And the, the police chief's like, uh, I ain't having this shit. Start shooting it. He was like, are you shitting me? And start shooting the head after it starts, uh, you know, growling. And I was like, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Mitendo T. Walker gets all the pieces down there, forms itself, and as well as another good practical effect of a contortionist guy who's also like fucking almost my height, I want to say, because he's fucking tall. He towers over the chief. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I couldn't, I don't think I found who played Mitai Doti Walker. Oh, they called him the Jangly Man. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember his name on the IMDb, but who also is credited on the IMDb is Javier Botet. He doesn't have anything listed for him. I'm like, well, wh- why is why are you there? Give like, tell me who he was. I like Javier Botet. Mm-hmm. I mean, Slenderman was terrible, but I like Javier <laughs> Botet a lot. He's great. He's like a very underrated Doug Jones. I know we all like Doug Jones, but I'm you know I'm I'm hipster here, so I have to like Javier Botet. Hipster Doug Jones. So, um, we to Walker forms himself, gets big, and like fucking just snaps the neck of the police chief like. Bah! Dude, he's a beast, and he's just like running around and twisting in all these great ways. It is very oh, entertaining. So cool. It is gorgeous. And then, like, um, since he's stuck in the jail cell, um, he starts trying to squeeze his body through the fucking bars, like Bleh, trying to get uh, Ramon. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Thankfully, uh, our uh, best friend uh, Stella, who gets her groove back finally, uh, gets the keys. Sorry, guys. Gets the keys. <laughs> Uh, and uh, is able to get out of her jail cell. It helps get him get out. And they're like, okay, gang, let's split up. Uh, Ramon's like, all right, bring the book back to the house. We could probably solve it by doing that. So you go run on foot back to the house. I'll take this cop car to run away with me to do Walker. I'm like, can you just drive her back to the house a lot faster than making her run? But whatever, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, you could also do the jangly thing, which Mitai Doti Walker is doing, and he's as fast as a fucking car. Oh, yeah. That seems also very efficient. If Stella could do that, she'd been back in that house in no time. <laughs> yeah, and so Stella gets back to the house, and then we get the whole thing where it's like, suddenly, the story is about her, and it is the haunted house. And she basically gets sucked into Sarabello's place, and has to experience all the things that Sarah Bellows did within reason because of PG-13. 
I mean, I guess it's good that she didn't lose any of her brain. Well, they're doing this after the fact. Because when Sarah, when the family uh, realizes Sarah Bell is telling everybody that the children are being poisoned, they're like, we got to murder her. That's how we solve things. Let's murder our monster daughter. Yeah, but it's like, then basically Sarah does become a monster by killing kids through these stories. And that's how Stella defeats her, is like pointing out that you're the real bully. You were bullied and then you became a bully. I was really waiting for an It Gets Better. <laughs> I was almost thinking more, it's like uh, when they make fun of uh, Twilight Zone on Futurama. It's like I combine all the evil and the humanity of it. It's humans. <laughs> it's always humans. It's always humans. Yeah. But I mean, we figured out the ghost story. And we figured then... out the ghost story. We get to see Cerebellos as her weird wraith form. Who looks like fucking uh, Malfish. Uh, Lucius Malfoy. Lucius Malfoy. Exactly. I told you earlier. I forgot his name already. Lucius Malfoy, uh, the father of Draco Malfoy, looks exactly like him. Surprisingly, like in many of these uh, in many of these movies, the part of the female ghost was not played by a man. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because, like, Javier Botet has played a, f- a female ghost and it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I was surprised. So, yeah, basically, uh, Stella decides she'll, like, tell Sarah's story and then Sarah, writes, yeah, like, but, but, write Sarah's story in blood in the book. But the thing is, Sarah's like, here, here's a pen, write in your own blood. I know. And Stella's like, okay. okay. Like, pokes your finger once, it has enough blood ink to last the fucking pages. I'm like, You need an artery or a vein. Exactly, to keep fucking doing that. Yeah. And then after she, you know, writes what happened to Sarah in the book, then Sarah screams, disappears, Mitai Doti Walker falls apart because he goes to pieces over anything. (laughs) Sorry. That's my fault. And then we kind of wrap up the movie from there. Sarah writes like a story of... God damn it. Stella writes a story about Sarah. Look what you've done. (laughs) I can't even remember this bitch's name now. So Stella writes the story about Sarah, and I'm guessing it's just going to continue to tell Sarah's stories and like profit off of that, which it's a great gig if you can get it. Yeah. Ramon goes over to Nam, and he, you know, he he can't come back. He he ain't coming back, man. And then the weirdest scene in the movie for me, which I was like, what, was the end of this movie, and Stella's narrating and she's talking about how Chuck and Augie are still gone, but I know we can find them because the answers are in this book and she still has Sarah's book. I'm like, fucking dude. And she and her dad are moving and they're driving down this like long highway. They got all their stuff piled up in the back. In the back seat is sitting fucking Ruth. I'm like, did they just adopt Ruth? Because she still has a family. I know her brother's gone, but did y'all just like spring her from the insane asylum? Also, why are we setting this up for a sequel? You just told the story, wrapped it up, and now we gotta do an- I know, like, I know there are multiple volumes, guys. I just don't need a sequel set up, like, at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Just surprise me. Don't- I don't want to go, like, I don't want my next movie to be, let's go into the book and find Chuck and Augie. Can't we just leave them dead? Nope. Gotta bring them back. Holy shit. If Ruth doesn't end up being the girl with the ribbon around her neck where her head falls off, I'll be mad. <laughs> so. Or it could be a new girl like the next story. So then we should. So since our sequel baiting us, uh, what story do you want to see in the sequel? The ribbon with the the head falling off because that's the only other one I remember. Well, what I remember, uh, I can't remember the name of the story, but it was basically these kids for Halloween go to a haunted house that they know is haunted. Uh, and for initiation for the group, whatever, uh, they have to take, like, it's one by one, have to go up to the fourth story of this building with a single candle. 
uh, and so you can see, and so the fr- other everybody else will hang back at the road and can watch the candles it goes up, uh, and the, this is the first person in, go up, candle goes out. They're like, oh, you're fine. They wait a little while. The friends don't show up. Okay, fine. Uh, send somebody else after him. So they send the person after, who's like a new recruit, I guess, for it, the group. Red another, shirt. Another, another candle, exactly. Uh, with another candle. And they go up there, goes to the fourth floor. As soon as they hit the fourth floor, poof, candle goes out again. Like, well, fuck, what the hell's going on, guys? They wait forever. Like, wait like another hour and a half. Like, where the hell's everybody at? So they go they, ch- they go up there with flashlights, try to figure out what's going on. And they just find a closet full of blood. There's everywhere. So it's like, that's the end of the story. Those are bad friends. Right? So it's like, they got eviscerated, and we don't know what the fuck happened to them in this house. Yeah, imagination. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, this was a fine movie. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I can say about it. The director is uh, Andre Audevoil. I'm sorry I can't pronounce his name correctly. Audevoil. No, because his, his last name starts with an O, not an H. But it has a slash through it, and I don't know how to say that. So, uh, but he directed uh, the the uh, uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe, which was surprisingly good, and I thought it was going to be very slow, and I was completely wrong. That's an excellent movie if you find it on Netflix anytime soon. But overall, I think I would give this movie like a... I initially gave it a three toes out of five, but now I'm kind of like downgrading that to like two and three quarter toes out of five. Because I have to hog eat a little bit of it. Yeah, I had to let it digest a little. Mm-hmm. You know, walking around Walmart waiting for that fucking battery to charge. I had to think it over. And yeah. you know what? Eh, it's a 2.75 for me. Yeah. For me, I'd put it like a three. This is an honest three. Uh, it was fun. It's a good kind of like kids horror movie. Like it was pretty uh, scary for a kids movie. Yeah. I mean, if I was a kid and I was watching that movie, I'd probably be scared by exactly. it. Exactly. If I'm under the age of 13, but- probably. It, it, it'll be a good kind of like if you want to like have like a, a nostalgia feel for like Halloween as a kid just have this in like Wick uh, oh fuck was it um, I had Hocus a, Pocus I was gonna say that it gave me a Hocus Pocus vibe exactly sure. yeah because it's the, the fucking Pennsylvania Northeast during the autumn I thought See, they were in Salem Sa- oh, the Salem is that one uh, but this yeah, movie yeah, Hocus is Pocus, Pacific. that's what I mean. But yeah, it's yeah. in the Northeast, it's during the fall. Yeah, yeah, But what I'm saying is, like, it gives those kind of, like, those uh, those Halloween spooky vibes kind of stuff. So it's a good thing, like, the intro into the Halloween season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, pretty much all that we've got on this review. Do you want to say pay full price in the theater, or would you wait for it in the dollar theater? Because oh. I'd be like... If you ain't got nothing to do, it's a good air conditioning movie. No, definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, not maybe if, if you love the stories as a kid or you want to expose your kids to horror movies, yeah, full price maybe. Otherwise, wait for Netflix or Dollar Theater. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So anyway, uh, if you guys want to share your thoughts on it, uh, please feel free to comment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can always hit us up at chibijeebies at outlook.com. And we also are on Spotify, as well as Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all your major podcatchers. If you're using any sort of a podcatcher, we are on there. Just search for Sheebie-Jeebies, and you'll see all those episodes. But until next time, don't go fucking with any ghost books. Jesus Christ.